Hey, hey, oh, hello, hello, everybody. It's me, Jake. It's Jake, Jake Johansson. This is, uh, I believe you're listening to episode 158 of the podcast. I know I've said this before, who's counting, but it's me. I'm counting. I am counting. I can't help it. I've tried to stop counting, but I can't. You know, I've tried meditating to stop counting, but it turns out that you wind up counting your breaths when you're meditating. If you can't, ideally, you're just supposed to be thinking about yourself exhaling and inhaling or just the exhaling. You're just supposed to let it all kind of just let your mind go into neutral and sort of idle softly in the, in the nothingness for a while. But, uh, you know, I can't do that. I end up, I end up counting. I end up counting or then concentrating on the breathing, breathe in, breathe out. I'm saying that to myself. It's, you got to fidget. You got to have some, it's controlled fidgeting more than meditating to me, but there's no wrong way to do it. That's the other thing that I've heard when I've tried the guided meditations. Anyway, that's not what we're doing right now. We're doing my podcast. This is it. Thank you. Welcome. Hello. It's episode 158. And, uh, I have a guest this week. I've been I've been busy in December working in the comedy club world, and so I have had some guests who are comedy comedians, comedy comedians that I've met at the comedy club, uh, and so you've been enjoying them. And this week is another one of those fellows. It happens to be a fellow. His name is David Britton. David Dave 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 David Britton, and I'm going to get to him in a minute. But I know what you're thinking is, gee whiz, I wonder where I could go and see Jake in a comedy club with one of his future guests on the podcast. And the answer to that is January 7 through 9 in 2016. I'm going to be in Denver, Colorado at the Comedy Works South at the Landmark, January 7 to 9. Denver's always a great place and a good time, so please come out and be part of that fun. January 15th, I'm going to be in Bozeman, Montana at the Ellen Theater. I get get up there about every two years, so don't be late for that one, because it's going to be a while before I get back. Columbus, Ohio, January 21 to 23 at the Funny Bone, Easton Town Center. Uh, I'm going to be in uh, Des Moines, I think, in February, although that date may change. Check jakethis.com. I'm going to be in Minneapolis, um, at Acme Comedy Club, February 17 to 20. I'm going to be back at the Comedy Castle in Detroit, March 3 through 5. And then I am going to Australia, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to Australia. That's right. I'm going to be down in Melbourne for the Melbourne Comedy Festival for uh, the last two weeks in March and all of April. And so I'm counting on you, listeners of this podcast, to please come to Melbourne. I know that some of you are already in Australia, and that will make it easy for you, although I also realize it's a big country, and while you could be in Australia, you could still be miles and miles away from um, Melbourne. Hundreds of miles. Maybe even a thousand miles. What's a thousand miles to people like us? Nothing. So, put on your leather diaper and get your knapsack full of snacks and refreshments, and take a walkabout to Melbourne, Australia, uh, for the Comedy Festival. And if you can't make it, <laughs> to please tweet about it on my behalf. See, call people that you know in Australia and get them to come. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to that trip. Anyway, and all of these things, I've run out of 
background music. That's how long I've been talking about this. Uh, you can go uh, to my website, jakethis.com, and you can find all, of, all about all those dates. Well, you can't really find all about them. You can find out what the dates are and the places and addresses, phone numbers, websites. That's a lot that you can find out. But there's no way to find out all about them without going to them. And now I, f- I feel like we're, we're on the same page as far as what's going on with this part of the podcast. Now, the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to you about David Britton who's my guest this week. Now, his website is davidbrittoncomedy.com because there is some other David Britton out there who's making music who is more famous than this David Britton in the sense of as far as Google knows. But as far as I know and as far as you know, I've never heard of that other David Britton, and this is the David Britton for me and for us this week. Our David Britton is at davidbrittoncomedy.com. You can check out his dates. He's a, he's a Bloomington, Indiana uh, na- native originator. That's where he came from. I don't know. I, I don't think I started that sentence the way I should have to really get it to work 100%. But he's got a CD out that he did with a friend of his called Liberal Nerd Bullshit. I'm giving all of his plugs right now and I'm cursing, but that's in the, ni- that's in the title of his thing. I guess nobody told him that uh, you, don't, you don't want to put curse words in the title of your thing uh, because we're still living in a world where we're trying to get people to play our thing in places where you're not allowed to curse, but you are allowed to curse here in the friendly confines of the Jake This Podcast, so curse it up. If you're on the treadmill, crank it up and whisper a swear word to yourself. You don't want to be cursing. You don't want to be yelling swear words on the treadmill at the gym, but I don't know what kind of gym you go to. You know, some of these CrossFit gyms, it looks like it's all cursing going on in there. Those guys look like they're working hard. They're hurting themselves and ladies. I I said guys, but I'm from the Midwest where we say guys when we mean, we could mean all the genders and some transgenders as well when we say that. Anyway, this week's guest, David Britton, is coming right up. I spoke with him in my hotel, our, I think we, well, no, he wasn't staying at the same hotel, in um, Indianapolis when I was there working at Morty's. Shout out to all the Hoosiers who might be listening. And uh, we had an interesting conversation. It turns out that Dave is a polyamorous man, and he's got a big red beard. So you're going to want to Google him as soon as you get off that treadmill and stop yelling curse words at the other people in your gym. So it's it's time. I'm going to play this thing. I know I know what you're thinking. Boy, is this, he's just going to ramble on and on. And I, all I can say to that is, have you ever listened to this before? <laughs> this is how it works. Um, Merry Christmas. I hope everyone had a great Christmas. It's in between the Christmas and New Year's time. And I know you're, you're really excited. You haven't really kind of gotten on board with your New Year's resolutions yet. Although I do understand you're still in the gym cursing and sweating your genitals off on your workout equipment, those of you who have genitals. I think we all do, don't we? Oh, I hate to. I hope I haven't offended anyone. Um, anyway, David Britton, everybody. Yeah, it's on. I'm excited. 
this is it. Oh. Dave, Dave, David or Dave? Uh, I always introduce myself as David, but sometimes people go Dave. No problem with Dave. What about when people are introducing you on stage? I can't remember how. I always go David on stage. Always David. David Britton. Well, that's these people are listening to this and they're they want to know like what do I Google? Yeah. To find this guy. David Britton, not the opera singer. There's an da opera singer who is also named David Britton. Oh, that fucking guy. He's still a, like a few spaces ahead of me on a Google search, but. You're working your way up, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the, I'm, I got onto the first page. That's always a big moment when you get onto yeah. the first page. And Did he, he saw that. You know he saw that. He's like, who is this fucking guy? Yeah. He's already angry. He's not an opera singer. Nope. Comedian. I was glad it less than a minute in before I dropped an F bomb. That's exactly how long. No, it's totally okay. You can okay. curse. You can curse on this. I feel like uh, I feel like people come to expect a little bit of cursing. It keeps it real, you know. Yeah. I kind of just a little bit of cursing is okay. Yeah, I won't overdo it. You know what's funny? When people when I was first uh, when I was featuring for you the first time, uh, Dan, who is the owner or the guy who runs the jukebox in Peoria, was like. You know, and Dan's really cool about comedy. He wasn't like he wasn't like you have to be this. He's like Jake's a little cleaner. Don't be too dirty if you can't. You know, he wasn't. He was like, yeah, I'm sure he wouldn't care, but you know, don't be. So, but then I feel like I see you now. And there's a lot of stuff about assholes. There's a lot of. There's a little bit of ass talk. Well, spoiler alert. You know, these people not have, they haven't all seen my show. So, but okay. there is a little bit of ass talk. There's a little bit of ass talk. There's less now. Than there was for a while. The colonoscopy story is on the bench now for a while. But, uh, yeah. I never say to people, look, you have to be clean. I feel like, look, we're all we're all artists. Right? Yeah, that's true. You do what you do. So I don't want to say tell anybody their business. But, I mean, the problem for me, if it's somebody going on before me, if it's really kind of lurid right. and graphic, then it's sometimes hard for the crowd to shift gears. Or... If it's a room where there's a lot of fans of mine, they're like, this is not, we didn't sign up for this. Right. Well, yeah, that's a good point. And don't you feel like that's kind of, I mean, on the booker a little bit to be like, oh, we should know who we're booking and we don't want to book a guy who would, uh, like a David Tell kind of guy before like a Jake Johansson guy. Like they should kind of know who they're booking. They should bit. know that. But they used to... Well, for a while, there was a thing where they would book you with someone who was going to give you a hard time to take you down a peg so they could negotiate you for less money the next time, which just doesn't make sense. Jesus they're, Christ. They're making the show crappier. but And then and then there was a little bit of a macho, like, you should be able to follow anyone. And it's like, yeah. look, Sam Kinison is dead. But uh, <laughs> so No one can follow yeah, him. No one can follow him. Well, everybody can follow him now. But, uh, you know... I, you don't want to go on after that guy if oh, you're yeah, me. Yeah. It's like, yeah. man, he's awesome. He's unbelievable. Yeah. I, but uh, we're not a good combo for a show. Well, I feel like everyone should be working to make the show as good as possible. That's the whole idea. I think nowadays that is the case. Nowadays, it used to be, used to be back in the day, you, I would have to say, look, can I have this kind of an act before me or whatever? But now yeah. I feel like, like it's like what you said. They're trying to make a combination of a show that's going to work and that the audience if you like this guy you're going to like that guy yeah. and that's the best that's the best way to do it yeah and I feel like it's perfectly reasonable for you to be like can you get this kind of guy or blah 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 but it, it should all like 
take place before the the weekend happens, right? Before people are booked. yeah, you shouldn't have to have a briefing of everybody like, oh, you need to change your act. And so I never do that. But sometimes, yeah. sometimes Dan and Peoria is a little bit. Uh, Hi Dan. Hi Dan. I love Dan, and he's and he was he's always been super cool to me. And he wasn't like you need to change your act. He was more like just a heads up. Like, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's an idiosyncratic dude who tries to make things the best that they can be. Yeah, and that's yeah. yeah. In his comedy club, that's right across from a dirt racetrack and a strip club. It's like dirt racetrack strip club on those sides. Yeah, the demographic of comedy. I feel like comedy has moved up since. The days when we had to be on the cross street from the dirt track in the strip club, but it, that's what's fun about going back to that club because yeah. it kind of reminds you of some of the funky places. Yeah, and it's a good place. I've always had a great time there. So. Yes, I feel like we've done a pretty good job of kissing Dan's ass. Okay, Dan, we love. Yeah, I, that's like, done. Especially that's me, done Dan, now. I need to come back. Um, so you you started where in uh, Bloomington? Bloomington, Indiana. That's where I started out at, at the Comedy Attic, which was briefly a Funny Bone, which you know is like a big chain. Yes. And it was a funny bone for the first year. But tiny. It was, it's a tiny place, isn't it? It's, it's less than 200 is the capacity. I want to yeah. say 160 something. So it's mm -hmm. a pretty small room, uh, which can be good lots of times, you know. The layout's a little weird because you're looking like right in front of the stage is like, it's like an L shape, you know. Mm -hmm. So half the, if it's sold out or full, then half the people are to like your right side. So that's a, it's a little weird, but. Can they see the other people? That's always funny when there's some people in the audience can't see some other people. Yeah, in the that's audience. true. Yeah, like you yeah. couldn't if you're in the 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 front section in the back, you couldn't see the people all the way. Or you couldn't see the other people all the way around the side. You could see the first few rows. Mm -hmm. Do they ever? Do they ever kind of seem like two separate crowds when you're in there? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, like. Um... I guess I don't think about it too much because I still am thinking about it as a whole. But I've definitely yeah, heard yeah. a lot of comics in there being like, well, this side is on board and this side is not on board. You hear that at every club. But maybe there it might be more pronounced. Yeah, you don't want to call attention to that. That's my experience. You want to let them just be who they are. You just be who, they, who you are. So but, you've never been like, oh, this side is on board. What's up with you guys? I try not to do that because then you make yeah. them self-conscious. Right. And then you don't want people to feel like, oh, well, we're the bad part of the audience anyway, so right. we don't have to even try. Do you think the idea, like when comedians are doing it, is to be like, come on, guys, get on board? And maybe they'll, they'll mentally be like, oh, I should get on board, I guess. I'm not trying hard enough. I think they think that, that they're going to make it competitive or, or they're going to just call attention to something that to them seems obvious. But most of the time when you tell the audience, oh, you like that one or you didn't like that one, yeah. a lot of times they're like, we, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just, what, I'm watching the show. Yeah, what yeah, you, yeah. What are you doing? Are you doing the show or are you watching the, you doing the show? Are you watching me watch you do the show? Yeah, they don't realize that. That's too much. Don't do that, comedians. Yeah. Audience members, you're fine. Yeah. Um, I feel like as an audience member, your whole job is just pay attention. If you're paying attention and not talking or yelling out, it's, you've done your job. It'd be good if you laugh, but that's kind of my job. To make you laugh. Well, hopefully you're laugh. Hopefully you're not sitting there. The people that make me laugh, people, those that's not good. Oh well, yeah, yeah, that's not good. That's true. That's not good. So I almost introduced you just now as a polyamorous comedian. Oh yeah, because that's what that's what we were kind of got into talking about that last night, and that's definitely something I wanted to ask you about, which I assume you're fine. In oh yeah, yeah, we that. can definitely. I should be the spokesperson for it. 
I'm a bad spokesperson for I don't think there is a spokesperson for polyamory, is there? Yeah, that might be a problem. I can't think of... I think the the woman who played Sookie on True Blood was... Maybe she's just bi, but also was, like, with the guy who's... This is very uh, geeky for people who are into True Blood, I guess. She's the star. She's the star. You're talking about Anna Paquin. Yes. She's at least bisexual, I believe, and might have been... She married the other vampire. She married the vampire dude, but that doesn't mean, like, she couldn't be bisexual. Like, she could be bisexual and just married a dude, because that's the person... This is a thing I've thought about a lot, because my brother's bisexual, and has been with the same guy for a long time. So, I think it's the same for straight people, where you're like, Oh, I like to fuck all women... They're all great, but I'm going to choose this one. So if you're bisexual, it's the same thing where you're like... I like I, to have sex with everybody. But, but I'm going to choose this one person because I like them the best. So it's not... So you could be bisexual and still marry a, like, a person and be like, yeah. This but is then the are one. you still bisexual if you're married to just one person who's... If you're, if you're monogamous well, with that person... I mean, can you be bisexual and be monogamous with a person? That's what I guess what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's. A, I think it's a. That's a good question. But I'm gonna go. I'm with, sure you can. I mean, you can identify yourself however you go. Right. Like, well, I would love to have also sex with the yeah. other sex besides the sex that I'm having sex with. Yeah. But I'm just not doing that right now, as a courtesy to this person. <laughs> as a courtesy to this person, I'm trying not to do that. Yeah. So I think you still can be. You're just not acting on it. You still have those feelings. You're still attracted to those people. Right. So you could be gay maybe your whole life and never have sex at all if you're just abstinent and don't get married and you're just gay, but you never act on it, right? That would suck, I would imagine. It doesn't sound like a recipe for happiness, no. No. That's our recommendation from the Jake This Podcast. If you're yeah. gay, have sex with some people. You should be trying. I mean, well, maybe not. I mean, some people say they're asexual, but if you say... If yeah, it just gets confusing because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I yeah. want people to look, be happy and comfortable with who they are and try not to hurt anybody else's feelings, which that's the thing about polyamory is everybody always wants to confuse it a little bit with, you know, what a lot of people, the first thing they confuse it with is infidelity. Like, okay, yeah. so I promised you that you're my one and only, uh. but now I'm having sex with somebody else because I'm polyamorous and you didn't know yeah. that. And that's not, that's not polyamory. No, no, no. That's just cheating on your spouse. Yeah, that's not right. And so, and then the other thing that they confuse it with is this, the, the swinger thing, right? Which yeah. is, which is similar because you're having sex with more than one person. Right. And everybody kind of knows about it, but polyamory seems more about you're having multiple relationships in the sense. Right. That there's an intimacy beyond just the sex intimacy. Right, yeah, that's, I think, the whole difference. And there's definitely, like, crossover between those communities a lot. I mean, mm -hmm. But it's it's also definitely, definitely two different things. Like, if you're polyamorous, you're, like, dating more. I guess if you're a swinger, you don't have to help anyone else move. You know, you're, <laughs> I'm only helping this one person move. The uh, rest of us are going to fuck. Unless, but, well, you're getting more than pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're getting more than, yeah. If you help a move. That's yeah. what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. Oh, okay. To, to, I to make it into a joke. I meant, it's like, you usually you get pizza. Well, that's when you're younger. I don't know what you get for helping people move now. Do, are you helping people move? I'm helping people move all the time. Even, like, old part Because I'll say I've had partners who I've, you know, been poly with. And then they got married to someone who they're like, this person wants to be monogamous. Um, you know, it's just like, oh, okay. You know, I understand. Like, 
And so they said that I'll be monogamous too. Yeah, that I'll be monogamous too, so that's fine. And but then I still ended up helping this woman move because I'm like, ah, we're still buds. I'll still help you move. How does her new husband person feel about that though? The new monog- did he start off being a guy who was cool with the polyamorous thing? Or was no, he... I think he was always a monogamous guy, sneaky. and she met him. He was doing a sneaky trick. <laughs> he was sneaky, I think, but uh, she he knew cut, it from the he, beginning, too. He cut one out of the herd. Yeah, he's like, I'm taking this one for myself, and the rest yeah. of us are like, but, okay. Do you think it's easy for us to get ladies who want to have sex with a lot of guys? <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a tough Or is stuff. it? Um, you know what? I feel like it's anything else where there's kind of a community. It was really weird at first. And I, I was telling you last night that it's, I think it's like the last thing where it's like consenting adults are dating and falling in love and having sex with each other. And it's the last thing like that where people still feel comfortable being like, gross. You guys are gross. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think people, at least reasonable, intelligent thinking open-minded people don't do that to gay people anymore and they shouldn't are transsexuals and you shouldn't they don't so they don't say gross although i do feel like there's a kind of a a a real fascination a little bit amongst some straight people that uh, i mean everybody should be able to get married if that's what they want to do oh yeah sure i'm down with that absolutely yeah, and not who gives a shit if I'm down with it. It should be the truth. But right. um, I think that some heterosexual people are sort of surprised at like gay people wanting to get married because it's like, you don't have to. You can just, what about, wouldn't it just be great to be having sex with a lot of different partners? I mean, a lot of heterosexual <laughs> people, like, they don't understand polyamory, but they think the gay people, like, why would you get married when you could just fuck around? Yeah. It's like now they have to get married or something. Like, uh, yeah, well, I have a whole, the, I, marriage confuses me in general a little bit in a in a, a legal sense. Let me see if I can explain it to you. Okay. Yeah, All right. what, what, what are your questions about marriage? <laughs> for, let's, for, let's just set polyamory aside for a second. Yeah, and then we'll get into marriage. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's confusing to me as a legal entity. Like, why? At what point are you like, I love you. I want to spend my life with you. I love you too. I want to spend my life with you. Let's get the government involved. Like, why would you, why would you need to get them involved? Like, I, well, believe me, I'm, I get that. I get that. But uh, this is not a criticism of your life. This is a legitimate. No, well, listen, I feel like my wife and I wanted to make a commitment, a commitment to each other. Mm. And and when you do that, you do get the government involved. And it's really, the government is going to get involved whether you do it or not. Uh It's like, like if we're going to get married today, we can get married right now. Or we can live together for seven years, and then the government is going to treat us as if we're married. And and what that basically means is that community property thing in California. So right. half of whatever you got, the other person also gets. Right. If you decide you're going to split up, which is fine if it's uh, an equitable relationship, and the premise is that even in the terms of both people are contributing mm. to the same. But but I think it kind of sprung out of a feminist kind of movement where women were getting cheated when they got divorced. It's like, right. wait, I've been with this guy the whole time. I've supported him and I've done my, I've done the things that were my responsibility, but he's earned all the money. So now he gets to keep all the money and the house and everything. Yeah. 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 So that's not fair, but now it's sort of swung the other way to where there's some crazy stuff going on. But yeah, the government, you can't keep them out of your business. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. I mean, I guess they want their tax money. I mean, it doesn't, it, it all comes down to kind of money, right? 
Like, well, they give you a bargain. They give you a deal. If you get married, you get a deal on your taxes because you can you get some benefits that you don't get if you're two single people filing separately. Generally speaking, right? Especially in terms of a unequal income, you know, because mm. if, if it was just my income, right? And my wife isn't earning anything, so I would have to pay way more tax. But because I have her and my daughter, the government says, well, you can take credit for your three people are living off this income, so you're. Oh right, yeah. That's the amount good. you have to pay goes down a little bit. And also, I imagine it must be hard, like because a lot of because places where you're working lots of times are not taking taxes out, right? Like when you're working weekends at clubs. Well, now, boy, this this podcast is this is gonna get really, real. We were. Th- I know. Let's go you back thought, to talking about fucking. We I were think about so. I think the listeners are like, wait a minute. I think these guys. I wanted to listen to a conversation about sex with a lot of different people, and now it's talking about the intricacies of filing a tax return as a comedian. Um, yeah. I can explain to you the whole tax thing later, yeah, but yeah. Uh, you can't you can't cheat the government. You got to declare your money. Other they're coming for my thing is like I'm not a good liar. This, this I hear swinging the taxes back to the polyamory. Uh, the reason I, I don't want to cheat on my taxes is uh, not because I am some goody goody. It's just because they got people working around the clock trying to figure out if you're trying to cheat. And I'm not a cheat. I'm not even good yeah. at cheating or lying. I just want to. Right. I just, just shut up. Here's your money. And uh, my thing about to monogamy, I, I mean, I, I'm into it. I want to be monogamous with my wife. I don't yeah. know that I can explain why. I think that's, that's a fine decision it. to make. I just yeah. don't want, and I don't think you're a guy like this, but I don't like when other people are like, what you're doing is wrong. And I'm like, I'm fine with what you're doing. You do what you do. What do you think it is? Do you think people are like jealous or do you think they're, they, they just don't, they kind of can't, they're thinking of that infidelity, cheating on your spouse, lying, yeah. hurting people's feelings world, where I, I feel like the challenge with polyamory is like, man, you, I know how hard it is to have a relationship with one person, but you got to yeah. have that kind of conversation, relationship with multiple people. Yeah, yeah it's, it definitely is. But, you know, there's a trade-off where you have, like, people you can talk to. And the complicated thing for me right now is, like, I was dating uh, Susan, my girlfriend. We've been together for a year and a half, something like that, mm-hmm. a little less. And then I started seeing this other girl. And then they, like, were friends. We'd all hang out and uh, go to parties and, and do stuff. Not like wild 20-person parties, but like, you know, 30, 40-year-old, let's all get together for dinner and coffee party. And, and, then, and then maybe take our clothes off. And then we'll all get naked and fucked. No, that wasn't, it was just That's like... That's not that kind of party. No. Because I didn't know what you meant when you said parties. I thought you meant it was just a, kind of a sex party. But it's I, not a sex party. It's not a sex party. Although, I've been to... Well, we'll get into that later. But the point is, then they started dating. The two the two women. The two Your women. Your two girlfriends started dating yes. each other. So they're always trying to tie the circle up. They're just trying to get yeah. it into, like, it's not monogamous, but we're all moving in together. Yeah. But not really. You guys don't all live together. No, we don't. Uh, the one girl, uh, Madison, lives here in Indianapolis, and then Susan and I live in Bloomington, and we live together. We've lived together for a while, you know, the better part of a year now. And is, so was Susan polyamorous when you guys first got together? Yeah, 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 she was. Uh, she was just kind of, uh, she was not as experienced in it as I was, like her and the the person she was with at the time had just started, and they ended up didn't. They didn't work out, you know. There was, was that person a man person or a lady person? It was a man person. 
I like man person is fun. Yeah, as a man person. Uh, and they, they were actually married and I didn't know at the time, but they were kind of going through a divorce and it didn't work out with them. And I always kind of thought like, oh, I'll meet this guy. We'll get along, you know, but it just never, that just never happened. Cause you could conceivably meet him and then they could decide it was, so he was polyamory. He was doing that then. Yeah. 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 They, they were, but I guess, I think for them, maybe it was more of like them. A desperate measure to try and save their yeah yeah yeah, Uh and I don't want to I don't know enough about (laughs) it to really get into a good idea. Let's bring a third person into this (laughs) argument. Yeah, you know, just has sex with one of us. Oh, can I tell my last girlfriend before this? We were together five years, and she probably like three years in. She was like, we should really go to couples therapy, Mm -hmm. and and we were having a lot of trouble. So finally, and I didn't want to do it at first. I'm like. I'm too busy. It's just another thing. So, but eventually we ended up going and breaking up anyway. And we kind of broke up at the therapist, which I think that happens a lot. I've been to couples therapy with a few different women and Mm -hmm. including my wife. And, uh, it's a, it's a, some, sometimes it's because people have this Mm -hmm. pent up stuff that they just need to get out. And Uh then that's the thing that means you're done. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think the the therapist even was like, look, my point is not to save your relationship necessarily. It's to find out what's best. And I was like, well, that's not optimistic. But then I remember when we, when we broke up, my, my girlfriend at the time, she left the room first and my therapist was like leaned over and she like kind of patted me on the knee, which I don't think you're supposed to do, but it was fine. Cause I, she was great. And she said, uh, I think you should keep coming here. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess. Is that a good, that's not a good sign, right? Well, you it's not say a that bad sign. I think she means, like, you've got, you, you've got things that you need to mm. get out about yourself. That's how I'm interpreting it. What yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, especially if that was before you had decided that you were polyamorous, maybe she kind of sensed, like, look, there's an unhappiness, there's an mm. unexpressed part of you that you need to kind of express. Well, no, we were we were poly at that point, but there there was just tons of problems with that relationship too. But I still get along with that woman actually, and she moved up to Chicago and we still talk all the time. We were just two people who could not be in a relationship together, you know. Mm-hmm. Like we couldn't live in a house together. We couldn't be like primary partners, you know. Sometimes and is it I, with polyamory is it often there's you, you have a primary person and then the other people are secondary outside of that? Yeah, I I kind of hate those labels in a way because you don't want to think of a person as as secondary. But I guess we kind of do that with well, our just friends. to sort of understand. Yeah. It, there's the you would often have a person that you're living with and that you share finances or or, yeah. or you 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 kind of commingle a lot of things in your life with, and then another person who has less commingling or less day to day contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely. And I'm not saying it's even a bad term. You kind of feel bad using it, but I definitely use it where I like. Oh, this is the person I live with, and we're like a team. I think we do that even with our friends. You're like, oh, Jerry, I always hang out with Jerry. You know, I can tell sure, Jerry anything. Sure. Yeah, like, I don't think there's anything. If Steve comes along, I love Steve. Steve's it's just great. a shorthanded way to be able to talk about it. It's not like yeah. first place, second place. I mean, I'm, I get it. We, we yeah. all love all of our children. Yeah. But uh, we definitely, one of them's our favorite. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but then does it ever, does that ever cause problems where somebody says, uh, look, I want to, you know, I still want to be with you in terms of together, 
mm-hmm. partners, but I now want to live with this other person instead of living with you. I've never had that happen. That would be pretty devastating, I imagine. Like, because you don't want to get bumped down in ranks. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, see, you said that there's not really a difference between primary and secondary. But when well, someone goes like, hey, I'm moving you into this other position. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, I know you like that apartment of your other girlfriend, but you can live there now and she's going to move in here. Yeah, that would be. That's a yeah. yeah, I said I don't, I don't really like those labels, but they are like, I'm not saying they're not correct. But that, must, that must happen. You know, the, the, you must wind up in some kind of complicated uh, emotional conversations do you or don't you oh yeah yeah that definitely that definitely happens and i think for me like you know we're comics we're on the road a lot you a lot more so than me but like i'm on the road a fair amount and so i'm more likely to meet people she was finishing up her phd which is an intense amount of work Mm -hmm. where you're on your own in your apartment or a coffee shop or you know in your office just like typing away and researching all day so I'm out meeting people, drinking. So it's real easy for me to meet people. And so I think that was a problem for us for a little bit. It's like, oh, I, you know, I'm in Cincinnati once or twice a month. Like I meet this girl there. I'm going to start dating her. And she's like, I'm not seeing anyone else, you know? Well, so you're taking time away from her than your primary person because you're going to Cincinnati to see this other person, right? Or yeah. do you just see her well, like when I have a gig? I got actually I have kind of like oh I'll set up I'll try to I'll try to double down I'll be like oh I'll set up a show oh go see this lady and it's complicated it is complicated management and like I said yesterday I don't think you could do it without Google calendars like before Mm -hmm. that event and I don't know how people did it and do you all share each other's calendars so you're looking at your primary and your secondary and your secondary's primary and they're yeah. No, yeah. just I only have Susan's calendar on my I, I right. share a calendar with her. And I do kind of try to make sure like, you know, when I do see other people, lots of times it's like, Oh, Susan is going out of town for this thing she you know, she's going to visit her family for a weekend or she's doing this other thing and this is a good time for me to see this person. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but you have to do that in life in general. Sure. How do you have the time? How do you have the time to do the, to do all these relationships? It's just like... It, well, I'm well, not getting booked a lot, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. You want me to stop fucking around, maybe you could get me some gigs, yeah, huh? Yeah, And I'll cut you in for 10% on those, too. Yeah, I'll hook you up with some extra ladies. Yeah. <laughs> if you, I will not do that. I promise. So, is there a common with, with the other polyamorous... Like, where do you meet other people who to be involved in this it's good there is like you know very in my last relationship which was like five years and we were poly like after a year into it we started seeing other people and now thanks to the internet you can research and there's groups there was like in in bloomington there's like a poly meetup group and it's just like it's a bunch of nerds (laughs) just a bunch of my friend uh ben calls them the bloomington sex nerds which i don't really like but it's funny and so we would meet up and like, you just like, you talk. The first time I was like, this is so dumb. This is so dumb. But then like meeting a bunch of people who get it, who like understand what's going on and the problems behind it. And it makes you feel like less of a freak. Like you're like, oh, there's other people who are. Well, I was asking because you were talking about your other friend who's here. Yeah. What's her name? Madison. Madison, right? And you said that you kind of started 
talking to her and a flirtation with her and yeah. she didn't really know that you were Polly and then you kind of explained that to her before you got involved with her she was right. in a position to get her feelings hurt and she decided she was alright with it so now yeah, now she's kind of involved in a thing that she wasn't involved in before right and she recently told me she was like oh I started seeing this guy a little bit I don't know how you I'm like oh no that's great as long as he's I'm fine with it but Susan doesn't like it yeah now <laughs> Susan doesn't like it because yeah. she's and is it is it a common thing to just have two kind of relationships going? I mean, obviously, poly means many, mm -hmm. but uh, I mean, just the physics and the, the time involved. It's like, what's the common? Now that we just got to, you know, some other people. I don't even know how to ask questions without pissing. Some, yeah, I yeah. Mad, it seems you know? like, I, and I appreciate that. I feel like as long as you keep it in mind, like you can ask me anything. But as long as you're like, oh, I'm not trying to be a dick. I realize it's confusing for people. I will say my one friend who, the only person who's ever had a problem with it that I agreed with, my friend uh, DJ Dangler was like, you can't have a Greek prefix with a Latin suffix. And I was like, okay, you're right. That's gross. Everyone else I disagree mm -hmm. with. Is that I polyamory or polyamorous? Because... Is it... Would... Amory or Amorous would both be Latin? I don't, I don't know. know. DJ Dangler. DJ Dangler? That's his real name, I swear. He, he was born, his last name's Dangler. That was his real last name. Dad named him DJ. I don't think even like D-E-E-J-A-Y. Just the letters Just DJ. Just the letters. What's he do for a living? He is also a comedian. Yeah. Very funny. You almost have to be. You yeah, know, I, think, at that I feel point, like I've heard of DJ Dangler, but... You yeah. think it's a stage name, and I almost like, you'd think you'd like, I'm going to change that. You know, I don't want people to think it's a stage name. I love that he's, you got a name like DJ Dangler also, and that you're doing this highly uh, intellectual kind of criticism <laughs> of polyamory. Yeah. You know, I hope his act, well, anyway. we're all he's, a, be, he's a real smart guy. Let's face it, we're all going to be checking out DJ Dangler <laughs> on the internet after this. And he's, yeah. Is he polyamorous? <laughs> I don't think so. You don't want to him. We don't know. Look, we, yeah, let's not talk about other people's sexuality. So... Let's get back to my other question about to oh. how many how many balls you have in the air at the same time. Uh, literally, no, that doesn't yeah. that wouldn't yeah. even no, make any I sense. No, I was got, I I knew what I was doing when I <laughs> yeah. said it, but you, yeah. I'll always I'll always take the obvious joke. Um, well, that it, it does come down. You're like, oh, at first when you're first being Paul, you're like, I can date anyone, and you're like, oh, there's a very realistic limit to the number of people. I can actually date because you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and people have different expectations of your time and like how much time you're going to spend with them so you can't you very quickly learn like oh there's a very practical limit to how many people I can like really pay attention to and make feel comfortable with everything and, and stuff. But uh, this is a weird thing about Polly that uh, didn't occur to me until I was into it for a while. You don't ever really break up with anyone unless there's like a big fight and you decide you don't like each other. Like lots of times you'll be in a monogamous relationship. <laughs> which is a weird, which is a weird thing. Like, yeah, you know, we've been putting ourselves inside of each other's bodies for a while and I just realized I don't even like you. <laughs> It just is like a funny thing. Like we, you know, maybe we got ahead of ourselves a little bit yeah. <laughs> because I don't even like you. I, I just realized. Yeah, what a wake up for up. these parts. Maybe we should have start. We should have spent more time talking before we started sexing each other. But uh, that's anyway. probably true. Lots of times. It is lots true. of relationships. It is. Well, I think that's definitely true because 
that sex is so powerful mm. and it clouds people's emotion it, oh, yeah. intellect rather you you feel like look i've got this deep connection with this person uh -huh. so i must have a ton in common with them and it's hard for you to realize maybe that you don't have a lot in common with them or that you, you don't even like them right because look we're doing this awesome thing together we must like each other yeah yeah why else would we be good at this yeah, you know yeah we're so good at it right um i can't even remember what the original who cares um no <laughs> the original question was how many how many partners get and you said well there's a there's a kind of a a limit to how many you can do that but but you didn't kind of put a number on it but i would think it would be complicated to just have two yeah people that you're intimate physically intimate with and also being kind of emotionally and intellectually connected to that seems like to go beyond that would be really tough yeah oh well yeah the whole point i was making is it's hard to put a number on it because like you don't really break up with people like let's say you know i'm living in bloomington indiana and uh like i'm seeing someone and i like her and she's like oh i've got this job in New York, I'm gonna move out to New York. Oh, you're like, oh, that's sad. I'm gonna miss you. You moved to New York, but if you're ever back, we can still hang out. If I'm ever out there in New so, York, so, so you add yourself into the mix just for a little while. It's like yeah. if it's okay with the other person that they're with at the time. Yeah. So it's like, am I still dating that person, or am I not still dating that person? We only see each. Other. Maybe we'll see each other on Christmas when she's around. Does that count? Well, and you it's... might then be with someone who says, "Look, I don't mind." It's like you and me and this other third person mm -hmm. is fine, but then when you want to be with people on the road, it's like now you're taking up my time or do, is there any of that or that's kind of not cool to well, say something like that. Well, the thing is, well, first of all, you have to be uh, real comfortable with just saying it, like putting stuff out there. You got to You can't just be honest. You also have to be super like straightforward about everything before anything can happen. But everyone does it differently. The way things are with Susan, she was like, uh, I'm fine with us being open and she's dated a few people, you know, uh, aside from Madison. Uh, but she was like, I don't want anything to be a surprise. I never want to hear about you having sex with someone after the fact. They always want to know beforehand. So that kind of puts the kibosh on the old road sex, which is probably for the best. You can't just call her or text her like, here's a here's a selfie of me and the person that I'm about yeah. to do it with. How so does she look to you? It's not a surprise. I told you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's not cool. Well, you got to live about... by the, the, the spirit of the law, not just the letter of the law. Are there are there situations where like. But that's just her. Anyone else could do it. Wait, I think a lot of heterosexual guys would be like, yeah, I don't mind if my wife wants to be with another lady. Yeah. But I don't want her to be with another guy. Yeah, that's yeah. that's. Does that ever come up in polyamory? You uh, know? Oh, you know what? It, it, I'm sure it does. Like if, uh, uh, but it wouldn't bother me. I right. think I'm only worried about my place being secure. Because you, uh, one myth is you don't get jealous. I mean, you still get jealous. I just want to make sure, like, my place is still secure. Like, I'm still gonna be around, right? You know, yeah. like that's mainly what I'm worried about. I get, well, the, the, you know, the joke that everybody always talks about, guys, comics make yeah. on stage about guys are always cool with lesbian pornography, uh -huh. but women are not as fascinated by two guys together. Yeah. So that would be a weird, like if I said, yeah. my, hey, I'm going to be polyamorous and this is Gerald. Yeah, <laughs> that would probably be, that, that would be too shocking. That would be like, wow, him. that's a lot. Yeah, You're yeah, actually yeah. asking me to take a lot on board right now. Yeah. 
Uh, well, my friend... I just made up that name, Gerald, honey. Yeah. <laughs> and Gerald is on the next podcast. Yeah, yeah she's Googling Gerald. That Jake. would be a horrible way to come out to your wife is to have a guy on a podcast and be like, you should really listen to this episode. Yeah, that's not what I'm doing. My wife, you can't get her to listen. She doesn't even listen to the ones that she's on. So, yeah. But uh, we're okay. Oh, good. My wife and I, we're cool. Um, wow. Oh, what was I? Oh. I feel like I've been bringing up my friend Ben a lot, but he says this thing about like, I think he, he doesn't really mean this, but he will kind of jokingly and I think half serious say like, well, it should be okay for me to have sex with another girl, but not for my girlfriend to have sex with the, with another guy. And his reasoning is like, like a vagina is like a house. Like if you go over to someone else's house, it's not a big deal. You're just in their house. Who cares what happens? But you had somebody over to our house? That's our house. That's messed up. Yeah, that sounds a little bit like I own your vagina. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, that's not... I feel like even my wife is not cool with me saying that. Yeah, well, I, uh, just in, for, in Ben's defense... I mean, I, I have exclusive really rights to it. I mean, maybe she would be okay for me to say that as a joke, as long as yeah. she knew I was kidding. Yeah, I think he was also mainly joking, but there, there is this... Well, not about, like, ownership, but... Uh, I've heard people say, like, why are women more reluctant to have sex? I think women like sex as much as men do. I think that's a myth that men like it better than women. But I women who like it like it as much as men who like it. Yeah, well, that's a, well, let's at least agree on that. That's fair. Yes. But, but I, I mean, you, and there are as many women who like it as there are men who like it. Yeah. Some I people don't so. like it. Some people just don't like it. Well, there's this, there, there is this little bit of a kind of a subtext of at least American, the way we think about sex here that you can see in comedians acts and, yeah. and men and women's relationships that, that somehow, Hey, the woman is doing the man a favor. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and guys are going to female prostitutes way more than women are going to male prostitutes. Right. And so so guys are getting more out of the sex act than women are. So mm. I, I don't, that's not the way my relationship works. Right. But I feel like that is a, an American kind of thing. Like, look, I'll give you a blowjob, but then what are you going to give me? It's like, well, I, I'm going to give you the, the, the thing. I'm going to go down on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I feel like ladies are winning the multiple orgasm thing. I mean, I'm never going to yeah. catch up. Yeah, I, I don't think, I, and I've tried. You know, if I'm by myself and bored for a day, I can make some headway, but then I'm going to fall right back behind. Oh, you got to take a day off. I mean, when yeah. I was younger, I could be a couple yeah. times a day, but not anymore. That's that's over. Well, I think a lot of comedians have said Thanks this. Thanks for listening, everybody. Are all your podcasts this sexy? Well, no, but uh, <laughs> well, I, I wish fun. they were. Yeah. Um, so... I'm sorry, were we on a... I was going to say, like, yeah, if you ever want to feel gross about dudes, like, go to an open mic, just any open mic where it's, like, 15, like, comedians going on stage. 14 of them will be guys, and, like, 10 of them will say the grossest... And I know people have complained about this forever, but there's a reason, because it's it hasn't changed, and if you go to open mics, you'll see that guys are still like, why are... All women such stupid, slutty whores who won't fuck me for some reason. I'm like, well, I think I see your problem. You, ah, it drives me crazy. That like, it is terrible. Well, I mean, it, it may be that there's more male comedians because com to be a comedian, you have to be a little bit sort of a 
kind of desperate outsider and maybe mm. there's less desperate outsider ladies and i mean that as a compliment ladies <laughs> not as a judgment or a challenge yeah. if you are desperate and lonely and you're like i want to be a comedian please come out to the comedy club and start saying you're desperate lonely yeah that will get you a lot of it but i feel like if i was a woman who was even interested in doing stand-up and we all start out doing open mics sure i would go to the open mic and be like oh i've never been more uncomfortable in my life you know well, except that, except that comedians are also like to say the thing, look, I'm trying to tell you what it's like, my experience of being a person. That's what I'm trying to describe to you. Yeah, it's just that's this, what good comedians do. Yeah. Well, but what you're talking about with the, these guys are doing is, yeah. so, is sort of that. It's just right. like, but like, hey, that's not a new story. Right. That's baseline being a lonely, desperate guy. We don't need it. Yeah. We, we all, we've heard it. Well, just the idea that women should like... Also, like, you should be ashamed of yourself for having sex, but also have sex with me. Like, that's got to be confusing right. when you're a right. lady. Well, so, yeah, so this started off as this, um, this American, uh, I was saying that, that, that somehow, well, you were saying that women enjoy sex as much as guys. Yeah. Let's go back to that. What's the secret of awesome <laughs> sex with multiple ladies? Um, be nice to them. I feel like that's a confusing thing. Guys are always like, ah, they just want a jerk. And I'm like, I don't think they do. I've never noticed. I don't think they want a jerk. But, I mean, I do think that's a common thing that guys say that women want a jerk. But but I, I think that the reason for that is they want they don't want to have to they want to worry about some guy who's worried about yeah. them all the time. It's like they want to be independent. They want a guy who's kind of independent. Yeah, they want someone confident, and I think there's a difference between being confident and being a jerk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man, I can't... I feel like I had something more on just, like... Ah, I don't know. Oh, I know, a lot of comedians have said this, and I think the reason women are more reluctant to have sex is it's a scarier proposition for them, and there's a lot of people who... Because you're going in their house. You're going in their house. Well, you go in anyone's house. This is, somebody has a bit about this, so I don't want to do someone else's bit, but like, you'll go to anyone's party, you know, and if the house gets wrecked, what do you care? You were at their party, but you don't want to have a party at your house. Well, that's interesting. So when, uh, that just, or it's interesting. I, I'm, a, I am about to say something interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I am about to say an interesting thing. Stay no, tuned. I don't, I doubt that that's true. This but is where you drop the ad in so people stay. <laughs> yeah, if only. I'm going to be at a comedy club somewhere. Go see to my website, shakethis.com. What's your website, Dave? Oh, uh, davidbrittoncomedy.com. There, you, there go. you go. Now back to the show. I was going to ask you, you know, when you talk about dangerous thing and sex, do when you're polyamorous in that community, is there a bigger emphasis on STDs and, oh, yeah. and protection both, both against STDs and birth control? Oh, yeah. That's a big thing. And I think it's good because, like... I think, do well, what's the safety I, meeting like? What do you? I mean, what do you? What do you? What are the? What are the precautions that you put into effect? Well, I think first of all, people are very open about talk. You're, you're. If you get into the actual community of people who are poly, who are like, we're out about being poly. We have like a Facebook group for our city. Here, we're all poly. How you? You got to get on there real quick. You. Uh, so, so. When you start hanging out with those people and you realize how open they are about everything and they're going to talk about protection and because sometimes that's an awkward conversation when you're having sex. But the poly yeah. people I know who have been in it for a long time are like immediately like, oh, let's talk about STDs. Before I have a new partner, we have to both get tested. 
let's talk about what birth control methods we're going to use. And it's just like so not awkward for them. They're mm-hmm. just like, we can just talk about it. It's just almost clinical sometimes. When... Well, sure, sure. But I would think, I would think the, oh, yeah, well, I don't know. Well, so what, what kind of birth control are you using, Dave? <laughs> just the old kind. Of, like me, I will say me and my primary partner, we, she has an IUD, and so that's fine. Mm-hmm. So we don't worry about that. And, and you're both tested, so that's fine. Yeah, and we both get tested every six months because we have multiple partners. And, and then they're with getting everyone, tested. Yeah, and then with everyone else, like, we always use condoms, and then I think that's it. Which is, But more, if they get a new partner, then do they tell you, look, I have a new partner, so we need to condom up again for a little while until I find out what their I, test is six months after we've gotten together? Yeah, ideally, that's what would be happening with everyone. But, you know, that's probably not what's happening with everyone. But you do, it's like this, man, when I was in my 20s, I'm, oh man, I was the worst. Like, I would use condoms, like, haphazardly. I would, like, I was just kind of the worst dude. So, like, the longer I went on, like, yeah, when I was that age, I, I was just so, it was almost like I was ashamed to talk about stuff with people and so I would just do whatever I wanted. I think anytime you make you not whatever ashamed. you wanted, you mean whatever I could get away with maybe. Like I wouldn't always when I was like in college, 21, 22, I would uh you know, I would use condoms unless some girl was like I don't want to use condoms. I'd be like, "Okay, let's not," you know. Whatever you want. I was like Because she was on the pill or just she just didn't think you were going to get pregnant. She just didn't want to or like whatever. What if you got, her, what, what if you got her pregnant? I know. Well, that's how I have a kid now. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> mm. Yeah. What it, the answer to that is? You raise that kid until they're eighteen years old. Yeah, exactly. And then you pay for their college education. Exactly. That's what happened. And my daughter is amazing. Like she's awesome. So, but I I feel like one is enough. And that was a person. Oh, that's right. Because that, you were telling me this isn't a secret that I'm outing. I think to the listeners, but that no. was a person that you didn't have. A real relationship with not a, really a romantic relationship with but we were good friends we you know knew each other for a year before she got pregnant we'd hang out she's what the kids today call a fuck buddy mm-hmm. i think we invented that term my generation you're welcome yeah fuck buddy that wasn't around i mean that that, that was that happened after when i was mm. although i did i guess i did have a fuck buddy Man, I'm glad my wife doesn't listen to these um <laughs> you did but this was before her like yes you know. it was before her yes and she doesn't necessarily know that person. Yeah. Or maybe she does. <laughs> you, anyway. Feel free to edit out whatever you need to. So do you still, so you obviously still see that person, the mother of your daughter. Yeah, I just texted her like an hour before I got here about stuff. And uh, so, but is she out of the circle? Is she polyamorous? Or? No, she's like become very like, uh, she's a, she's super into video games. She's like very. Oh, that's you don't see. That's me being sexist. I don't think of ladies as being super into video games. She's the most in the video game, but she's also an IT computer person, and like mm-hmm. she's the one who got me in the video games. Like she plays so so many. She's so and she's always like way ahead of me on whatever she's playing. What's like, your favorite video game? Oh, I'm loving Skyrim. I did that big bit about it the other day. Wait, in the Skyrim. That's a medieval kind of a yeah, short like fighty kind of one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the one where you go into space and you have community? It's all, but it's a lot of negotiations and political. Oh, space invaders! No, <laughs> no. 
Anyway. <laughs> ah, Space Invaders. I don't know what that one is. Do you have to do... It's on the computer with the one that you're talking about where you're uh, clicking it or do you have a console and a controller? You can play it on the computer. It was a... You know, it's available on a lot of platforms. I think a lot of people play it on the computer. I play it on Xbox 360. You could do, you know, PS3, PS4. And it's called Skyrim, which sounds like it's in space, but it's not. It does sound like... You know, now that you mention it, it does sound really spacey. But people don't leave the planet. You're on the planet. You're on. You're on a planet. There's. I think there's two moons. So it must be some. Can you go to the moon? You can't go to the moon that I know of. Mm. I haven't tried. I haven't really tried, but I don't think <laughs> you, you should can, ask around. I should ask around in Skyrim. And it's a very open-ended game. People who have played Skyrim are listening to this, going, "Finally, they stopped talking about sex into something I care about." It, so can if people are playing, it's multiplayer. Like you go. Well, on. it is now. Well, now there's an online version, but the version I was playing was just single player. You're like, I'm a barbarian with a sword, and I fight dragons. And, and everybody else is a computer. Yes, it's all. It's just what they call. It's just an RPG role playing game, and you're just running around. But it's people. sort of weird to me. The metaphor to that is like you are an autonomous character inside of the computer's dream. Yeah, well, that's a very accurate description of what's going on. But there's something, I think there's something super addictive about, like, just like, oh, my goals are so much more achievable in this game. Like, I want to, like, conquer this fort and get this magic sword. And, and like, I can do that. But in my own life, I can't even figure out how to drop 10 pounds. But in this life... I can, t I can tell you how to drop 10 pounds, but listen, you're already having drop sex the sword, with multiple... You're having sex with multiple partners, yeah. and you're like, yeah, if only the real world was more magical than the, my pretend world. Well, let me ask you that this is way off topic, but do you ever think people are like, I wish magic were real, and we had unicorns and dragons, and I'm like, well, we still have, like, polar bears, and, you know, like, all the... And, iPhones, those are pretty amazing. They you know are how they we're, work. We're living in a pretty amazing world. Well, that's the and they say that any technology that's far enough advanced would seem like magic to to people who didn't have yeah. that technology. You know, or so, me for that matter. Well, look, when I started doing comedy, it was my parents thought I was an asshole because I got an answering machine. Like that was <laughs> like such a technology leap. You had to put cassettes in it, and then 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 it went to voicemail and. <laughs> And uh, then cell phone. I remember how I remember being on a date with someone where we were talking about some place that we had heard of that we might go next. It was before smartphones, like you couldn't uh -huh. look it up on your computer. But I was like, "Look, I don't want to seem like a douche, but I have a phone in my bag, and <laughs> we can just call and find out where it is." Was she like, "Ooh, this is the guy"? No, she goes, "I don't think you're a douche because I have a phone in my bag too." Ah, I mean, and I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want you to think I was a douche. That is uh, a thing. Whenever you have the latest technology, people are like, look at this douche. And then like six months later, they're going to have yeah, it. Yeah, we've all got a Bluetooth in our ear all the time now. Uh -huh. um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I want to live. I just read this book. Uh, sorry, we're departing off of the, a little bit from the polyamory. But I, I read this book by Lord Dunsany. Have you heard of Lord Dunsany? He was a yeah. British lord. He was at kind of turn of the century-ish, I think, is when he wrote, the, the, from the 18th to the 19th. And uh, Neil Gaiman is into him. I don't know if you... Oh, I love Neil, Neil Gaiman. Gaiman yeah. So Neil Gaiman wrote the intro to this book, and it's the King of Elfland's daughter. And it's about this uh, sort of a medieval sort of world. Uh -huh. But it's not our world, because it's obviously magical. And they, right. and they, they take a boat... And they say to the king, we would like to live in a land where there's more magic. Uh. And the king's son 
goes across the the mystical border uh-huh. into Elfland, where no one, you know, people don't go. He gets a witch to make him a magic sword so he can go over there. This all right. happens at the beginning of the book, so I'm not spoiling it. Right. But it's then what happens when he brings some magic act back, some magic back. Uh-huh. He brings he he he, he gets goes the... to get the king of Elfland's daughter and he marries her and they have a kid, and that's this is the beginning of the story. And it's what happens after that. And it's very interesting because it's the answer to, in a way, you know, you wish there was more magic, but then once there's more magic, are you really going to like it? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I feel like it's the same way with technology, where it's like, oh, you know, if I had this thing, that would make my life so much easier. And then you get that thing and you're like, why am I still empty on the inside? Yeah, well, it's also, it's like, look, you are who you are in Mm. this world, and you can improve who you are in this world without magic. You can become stronger by exercising. Right. You can learn skills like playing the guitar, or if if you feel like, oh, I wish I lived in, I wish I was a samurai in Japan. It's like, well, listen, you can learn how, you can learn sword fighting. Right. You can learn how to be a badass. You can take jujitsu and learn Mm. how to um, defend yourself, but... All of that takes time, and you, you know, when you say you want to live in a magic world, what if you live in a magic world where now you're up against a wizard? Yeah, you know, everyone else has magic too, so it's like, yeah, you, you want to be if you want to be a wizard, you could become a wizard in this world at either physical abilities or mental abilities or all kinds of skills you can develop in yourself that are going to make you learn to play an instrument better than anybody else and start a band, you know? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I you got to practice. If you want to do any of that stuff, you got to practice. Yeah, I do think it's all about effort. People are like, I don't want, the effort part is no fun. Yeah, well, but if we you want to be that. magic, will you just want to take a pill and be magical? That's never going to happen. You're going to have to go to the mages' colleges in Winterhold. Everyone knows that. Well, you Not know, everyone gets in. No, no, it's very competitive. It I'm is sure very it's very competitive. competitive. You're gonna... Is that in Space Rim? <laughs> yeah, that's in Space Rim. The Mages Rim. College? You yeah. can go to Mages College? You can go to Mages College. That's true. It is very involved. The bit that I do about it where I'm like, one time I spent six hours just picking flowers and catching butterflies. It's a bit of an exaggeration, but you really can. You can. Well, that's what always... I, I kind of gave up on a lot of those games because... It, well, first of all, the controller is now... If you There's didn't so start many that, buttons and if like... If you didn't start that when you were a kid, it's like another language. I'm waiting for when we just put the suit on and pretend we're in the land. Oh, I'm and super excited there. about that. Yeah, We're almost there. Um, but uh, who's to say I'm going to know how to do that? I'm going to be mm. an old guy in that land now. So I'm going to have to become a wizard. But uh, <laughs> Good choice. Go wizard. But it always seems like you get into those games or worlds, and it, that's a lot of work. I mean, to circle back a little bit to polyamory, yeah. all this stuff that people think that they want to do, yeah, you want to have sex with a bunch of different people, uh-huh. well, that's doable, but you got to have to talk them into it. Yeah. And then you got to be nice to the people who you've already talked into it. you got to keep all of those relationships going. Oh, you yeah. know, it's not easy. I've always said kind of what everyone wants, and maybe this is like, I don't know if I believe this, but maybe what everyone wants is like, I get to have sex with whoever I want, and you wait home for me until I get there. Do you think that's kind of what everyone wants a little bit? Kind of. Like, when they invent the super realistic sex doll, Oh yeah. half of the people on Earth are just going to disappear. They're going to be in their house Ubering food. And yeah, you know, just having sex with a sex doll and watching anime porn or whatever they do. Yeah, yeah, you're watching porn while having sex with the realistic doll, and the doll's like, "Why are you ignoring me?" Well, it is the weirdest thing. Like, I think sometimes (laughs) that is people 
people talk about sex as if that is their fantasy, that they just don't want that other person to have any opinions or problems oh, yeah. about anything. Yeah. You know? um, I, I used to do this bit, and I never really got it to work, but I kind of want to revisit it, where I would just say, you know, what we all really want is to fucking watch TV. Like, everyone has, oh, I want to be a doctor. Oh, someday I'd like to climb this mountain. I'd like to do this. And I'm like, but really, fucking watch TV, right? We all want to just fucking watch TV. Like, I don't anymore, though. I'm, I'm sort of done. There's a few TV shows that I really like, uh-huh. but I would say I spend a ton of my time either listening to audiobooks or podcasts or uh-huh. reading books or mm-hmm. watching, you know, TED Talks or kind of informative, 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 yeah. things like that. I don't think I want to watch TV, but yeah, you want to, you want to just kind of do what you want to do. We don't yeah. want to work. Why do we have to work? I was listening to this, uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day about, you know, computers are taking all, a lot of our jobs and instead of creating this free time for us, they're stealing jobs and impoverishing people right. and we maybe it's time to take a look at like how are we distributing our wealth and maybe we need to just baseline support ourselves a little bit. Right. And I think that technology, uh, see now I can't say informative technological leaps that we make. I mean, I think it's good to learn new things and I don't think we should stop advancing technologically, but it is a good idea to like maybe look at what we're doing with the technology. We can't just like throw it out there in the world. Like maybe look at... What's an example? Uh, I knew you were going to ask me for an example, but what's a good example of like... Well, drones are a perfect example. Like that's a thing which is... And, man, everything's a tangent for me. Do you remember when we were kids? It's totally okay. And the ultimate toy you wanted was remote control helicopter? Yeah. there was always a kid in a movie with one, and he saves mm-hmm. a day with mm-hmm. his goddamn remote control helicopter. Yeah. And now, like, drones are, like, a, a big thing, and they have cameras. And, like, some, I mean, there's the drones that, I feel know, like the government has that yeah. are using to... The murder drones, I feel like, are murder drones. I mean, yeah. the, the, the drones where it's a plane with missiles and high surveillance from high altitude. Yeah. I feel like we need two different words, because that kind of drone, and then the drone that the neighbor has where he's flying a little helicopter over your yard that doesn't even have a camera in it, or right. maybe it does have a camera. That's Those are two different things, but I get what you're saying. Some of that drone stuff is... Uh, but everybody wanted a remote control helicopter. Yeah, we all wanted one, and now we're adults, and we can have them. My sister gave me one for my birthday, and I uh, took it home. It's a helicopter a, or a drone? Because I don't even know. It's a tiny remote control helicopter. It doesn't have a picture. It doesn't uh, have a camera. In it. Okay. But it's a remote control helicopter. Oh, it's, yeah, those tiny ones were real popular for a while. It's tiny. It's like as big as a pack of cigarettes, which uh-huh. that's a good analogy because no one even sees those but 20-year-olds. <laughs> st- stupid smokers. Um, I mean, This could be a whole different podcast. Everybody like when they're 20 whole... is like, yeah, smoking is cool. And When did you, smoking start to be cool again? It's always been cool. Smoking uh, has always been cool, but it's... It's like, a, it's a foolish thing that you figure out, you're like, oh, I am going to die someday, and this is making it happen sooner. I should not do this. Not only that, it just makes you feel worse when you're alive. It so. makes your fingers kind of smell bad. Um, nobody wants a smoke finger inside of them. No, I, don't think, no. I don't think. They put up with it, but nobody's I, happy about it. I feel like if there's one lesson anyone takes from this podcast is no one wants a smoke finger in it. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so you got a little. Tiny it took us about an hour to get around to that truth. Yeah, but yeah. Man, right, it's worth right thinking for. I feel yeah, like I'm ready for the t-shirt. <laughs> Nobody wants a smoke finger inside of them. Um, go internet. You got uh, a little remote control helicopter. And, the side. and my sister gave it to me, and it's got the same kind of controller as 
a video game. It's got two thumb thumb <laughs> toggles, and then it triggers on on your index fingers. Right. And you got to pair up the controller with the thing. And I'm looking mm. at the instructions, and it's and it's in it's written by someone. It's made by Japanese people. This thing, uh -huh. and then the the instruction manual is written by one of them who has learned English. Right. Pretty much. Right. Better so, than our Japanese, but still maybe not enough. To... Yeah, it's super hard to kind of decipher what you're supposed to do with the control right. to control it. And then you're flying a helicopter. You're flying a little tiny helicopter. Yeah. So it's easy to flip it over just immediately. Like it goes straight up and bashes into the ceiling and then you have yeah. to put it back together. I remember I, I got my a... daughter one. I could not. It was so I, hard to fly. I, I got the thing. I tried to set it up. I was like, oh, I'm going to play with this. Yeah. And uh, I was like, no, I'm going to have to put this off to another day because it's going to take me... There's a learning curve on this, and it's going to take yeah. me a couple hours to learn how to fly it, or maybe not a couple hours, but it's going to take me at least an hour yeah. to kind of get to the bottom of it and fly it around. I have to set that time aside. And that's the same with, with the video games. It's like, I, I, where do you get the time for that? It does. It's a huge time suck. And that whole bit I was doing about, like, it was very true that, like, she was about to get her PhD, and she was, like, three, four weeks away. It was really close. Mm -hmm. And so, and I feel like at that point, this is the second person I've dated who's been working on it. The, the other person was working on their master's, but working on their dissertation, their big thing to get their graduate degree. And she's working on a PhD in philosophy and she's trying to get finished. I feel like at that point you want to procrastinate. You're looking for a reason. You're stressed mm -hmm. out. And I'd been trying to get her to play for a while because I loved it. And so I taught, I was like, oh, check this out. And just like her just being like, oh, I should be doing my thing and then it's such a time suck. Like three hours later, three hours can go by like that. And she playing. was sucked in. She was. She, she bought in. Yeah, she made. She has. Uh, you know, it's bad when you start writing stuff down in a notebook for the video game. Like it's supposed to keep track of stuff for you. But, but you're writing things down so you can remember it the next time you go back, so you don't have to waste any time. Yeah, like, like there's this whole thing, and I don't mean to get too much in. I don't want to bore everyone, but there's a there is a potion creation thing where you're. You can gather ingredients throughout the world and mix potions, but you have to know the properties of all these ingredients. She had a spreadsheet printed out that was like nine pages, and she had scrolled it up and went on. Because oh she's God. so smart. She's so smart. But then, like, it, her, all her intelligence and wisdom and time were getting sucked into right this. It's going right down that suckle. It it's dangerous. Would well, do you ever think, like, what could you achieve in your life if you just were trying to, if you just were having uh -huh. sex with one person and not playing video games? <laughs> if I was having, oh, yeah, I probably could have actually made a magical sword, like a working magical a sword magical by now. A real magical sword. Oh. Which is what I call my penis. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Do you think you're good at sex? I, you know, I like to think I at least pay attention. Like, I... I don't know. For a guy, I don't know if this is true for you, but like, all I want a girl to do is like, just like, be enthusiastic. Just like, if you're into it, you're excited about it. It's a turn on I'm to me. I'm super excited about being there. It's a turn on to me if if my wife is turned on. If she yeah. is loving it, then that's 100%. I mean... Yeah. So I try to just, like, I'm excited to be there and I try to think about, those are the only two things I know how to do is like... I'm excited to be there, and I'm going to try to make you happy. Those two things. So I don't know if I'm, I mean, I hope I'm good. I'm putting in the effort, which is you're all you can do. You're excited to be there, and you're paying attention. Yeah, that's all I know how to do. That's great. And now, um, we're going to have to kind of think oh, about yeah, heading over to the show. But here's my other question. So that's, that's the sex aspect. 
you were talking earlier about the the communications aspect and the kind of tough things that you have to say out loud. So what I feel like a polyamorous person is a good person to give a monogamous person advice about communication in a relationship, you know? Yeah. What kind of communication advice would you give? Well, kind of like what I was saying earlier, one, you can't, it's obviously you have to be honest. Because if you lie about something, you think like you got away with something. But that's still, you still know it. You can't, like once you, because I've lied in a relationship before, not about like cheating on someone, but just like things once you lie about it, you know you've lied to that person, and then it's easy to do again, and then you, there's a separation, I think, that takes place in your mind where you're not part of a team anymore. Well, there's a real separation in terms of your intimacy with that person, your emotional, yeah. intellectual intimacy, because now you've created a, a false person that they think, they think they're having a relationship with someone who is doing what you say you're doing, yeah. and they're really, in reality, having a relationship with with fake you with fake you you know yeah so not only just and so, and so you know that they're not having you're not having a real relationship with them they're, you're having a bullshit relationship with them so now you don't have a, an intimate relationship with that person. exactly yeah and then so first that and then also not just being honest but being very straightforward and like bringing up stuff as it's happening and just having a discussion with them like that's how you have to be with yourself as a person I think too is like I mean, especially as a comic, you have to be self-aware and know what's going on. And so I think in, if you re approach a relationship like that, like we both have to be aware of what's going on and honest about it. I mean, it's old advice, but it goes back to what you were saying about like, oh, you want an easy answer to life's problems. Like you could be a samurai. You're going to have to work for it. So that old adage about you have to work at your relationships is true, right? Yeah, still well, got, but it'll be worth it because it's great when it's great. Yeah, yeah. You'll still fight, but at least your fights will be productive, hopefully. Can you think of an example of something that was really difficult to tell the other person and and how you kind of got to where you were able to do it? Well, uh, the, the thing that led to uh, us being more, uh, her being like, no more surprises. <laughs> it was like she was gone for a while. And uh, I was on Tinder, which we, I know you know about. You, yeah, you had a friend mm -hmm. who was on Tinder. You were on Tinder. And I was on Tinder, and I was like, man, I need to, I'm just, you know, I'm a guy, I'm horny, I'm at home, I'm going to try to get laid. And this woman. Tinder is all about surprises. Yeah, Tinder is all surprises <laughs> all the time. That's not your picture. <laughs> That's the, it was her picture, luckily, but this woman came over, and it was like, and I'm not kidding, like 7 o'clock in the morning by the time she got over there. I'm like, but now I'm all committed to this. It's real crazy. You worked on it all night long and finally got her over there at 7 in the morning? Well, she wanted to come over, but she's like, I'm working a late night shift. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe some other time. And she was like, no, I should come over. So she's trying to convince me a little bit. Uh -huh. And I'm half convinced, but I'm also falling asleep. But I uh, was real. And so then she comes over and we have sex. And... So first of all, my girlfriend didn't know that particular activity was happening, even though we're open. And then she pulls this move, which you always hear about guys doing. But I think, in my experience, girls do this sometimes, too, where, like, I was laying on the bed. We were kind of we were taking our clothes off. And she just got on top of me and just thing in the thing. The thing, just put the uh -huh. thing right in the thing. No condom, no discussion. 
I've had uh, a lady do, do that to me more than once, where they're just like, I'm putting your thing in my, no questions asked. Okay. And I'm like, we, I was gonna, we were gonna use a condom, and I was like, so then, so the hard discussion was, when my girlfriend got home, I had to be I like... I created a situation where we now have to use a condom until I get tested to find yeah. out that I didn't get something from this person. Yeah. I'm guessing, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a... But I just did it, and I did it, I mean, not only for her, but also for myself, because I'm like, I want my relationship with this person, my girlfriend, my partner, to be good, and if I want it to be good, I can't hide anything, and this yeah. is too big a... Plus, just as a decent human being... You well, can't you lie create, about that. Yeah, you've created this vulnerability, even though it's probably the very minimal that you got something from this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very something. minimal chance. But... You could have made a baby, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I well, I didn't have an orgasm. I was like, we got to stop and put on a condom. And then the woman was right, like, okay, yes, yeah. of course, you're right. And I'm like, well, uh, you should have maybe said something. She's done you. now. You don't see her anymore. No, there's no more of that one. Yeah, that seems like a crazy... Tinder seems like it's full of some crazy experiences. Uh, Tinder is no longer on my phone. Tinder, uh, Tinder is over. Tinder is done. No more Tinder for me. Wow. That's the polyamorous person. Tinder's over. Tinder is over. Oh, the last thing. I, I, I know we got to wrap up, but I found out the guy who created Tinder, he, he was doing an interview with someone, and he said... this. I've checked multiple sources. The guy who created it was like, oh, yeah, I like... Uh, I like an intelligent woman, a woman who you can have a conversation with. What do you call that? Like sodomy? Did not know what sodomy was. The guy, I, I, I'm confused. <laughs> he did, what, what was the word that he was looking for? I don't know. Having sex with an intelligent woman is not called sodomy, though. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't need a dictionary for that, ladies and gentlemen. Sodomy is another thing, at least in my book. Yes, yes. And yeah. I think in pretty much everyone else's book, but this one guy. Okay, so Google it. Google sodomy right away. <laughs> Put on safe search. Google sodomy. And uh, Google uh, David Britton. Google at, me up. Or just go to his website, David Britton. DavidBrittonComedy.com. And uh, thanks, Dave. And uh, this was great. It was really fun. I like to end with a high five. Oh yeah, I'm super about it. Okay. You look at the elbow. That's what they. Oh, I didn't look. Good... I feel like that was a good one though. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Well, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. Hey, I'm trying to turn the thing back on. It's on. I'm back. Hello. David Britton. Oh, that was nice of Dave. Dave David. To stop up to my uh, hotel room for that chat. And it's nice of you to listen to that chat. And as we're wrapping up 2015 and heading into 2016, I remind you, do not give up. There will be plenty of time to give up later. We've got a whole wonderful year ahead of us of good times. And uh, I suggest as soon as the mall opens for business that you call your travel agents and book your tickets to Australia. I hope to see you there. Um, thank you so much for listening. Happy uh, 2015 finale and merry 2016 New Year. I think I said all those years right. And uh, don't forget, your vagina is your house. Be careful who you let in there. Thanks, everybody. Next time, next time.
I still do 